0: a lot of you know Kelly I think some of you met her by now but she's just a wonderful gal and uh, she's gonna come share her testimony this morning and um, it uh, is a powerful story and sometimes when you hear people's stories that you hear what God has done in someone it's always a reminder that if God can do it in their life God can do it in our life as well and so Kelly welcome Okay, is this on? Okay, I'm going to try not to bump it this time. I managed to get it off my ear last time. <laughs> <clears throat> so I'm just going to say a quick prayer. Father, thank you so much for the amazing blessing of being able to be up here to share my testimony with everyone today. And I just pray that it gives someone hope and gives someone encouragement. In the situation perhaps that they're in now perhaps that they are still trying to heal from that you are in every situation you are with them no matter what so thank you for this opportunity and um, for just help me with whatever words you want me to say today in jesus name amen well for those of you who don't know me my name is kelly and today i'd like to take you on a journey my journey The road had a ton of twists and turns, and I went down some wrong paths, endured some hardships, but through every season, I can now confidently say that the good Lord was with me every step of the way, even if I did not know it at the time, and he definitely set me free from all the chains that bound me. Next slide, please. I was born in trail, and grew up learning the word father meant fear, Isolation, shame, and guilt. I had very little support, and my teen years spent my teen years being the butt of jokes and ridicule, being told that I was ugly and that I was worthless. My adoptive dad loved his three inch strap that he used on me and my step siblings. There were four of us, usually as a way to get us to talk. We got to the point that we would simply take turns telling him what he wanted to hear and take the brunt of the beating so he wouldn't go keep going further down the line he also took great pleasure in forcing us to do things like watching and in fact taking part in butchering defeathering, and cleaning out the insides of over 100 chickens the oldest of us was seven i was around five i tried very hard to forget those that day but the smells and sound were sounds were so vivid that they stuck with me and to this day i cannot be anywhere near raw chicken In fact, I eat very little meat, due mainly to the fact that another punishment was to lock me in the cellar along with the freshly butchered pig or cow that was draining, left hanging to drain. The sexual abuse started when I was around five or six, and it continued till I was around 11 when my mom finally got me out of there. I was told by a man who was supposed to be my father over and over again for a good six or seven years, that I was useless, ugly, not ever going to amount to anything, was a waste of skin, and the only thing I was good for was his entertainment. The sad part, I believed him. To the very core of who I was, I believed him. After all, he was my dad. Why wouldn't I believe what he had to say? He was older than me, knew more than me. What did I know? Am I telling you all of this to elicit sympathy? Now, I'm just simply trying to ex- illustrate that my childhood memories consist mainly of some very vivid events that no child of any age should ever have to endure now I'm sure there must have been some happy times in my early childhood but all I can remember is being sad lonely and feeling like I was not worth anything more than the dirt I walked on every day next slide, please. what kept me going during all this At the time, I believed it was music. We had an old wooden upright piano, and if I did all my chores and everything I was allowed to do, everything I was told to do, I was allowed to play on it for a little while. I would sing and play away at the piano, which gave me such pleasure, but I had to be very careful not to do it when he was around or sleeping or entertaining his friends. I would not dare sing when he was in ear range, as he told me many times that I sucked at that. <laughs> he allowed me to play the piano, though. It was the only compliment I actually remember ever getting from him. He said, I could play okay and not make big wooden piece of junk sound like a piece of junk. So I'm going to leave that little girl for now and move forward to my teenage years. As I grew and hormones got involved, I already had a pretty low self-opinion of myself. I had myself convinced that I was ugly and not worth anyone's time, male or female. I had very little support from my mom as she was dealing with the results of the abuse that she had also endured at his hands. I spent my teen years being the butt of jokes and ridicule, being told that I was ugly and worthless. My nickname in elementary school and it followed me through high school was Rover. I got used to being barked at while walking down the hall. (laughs) Looking back, I know that I allowed those kids to treat me like that. But with no basis for anything else, I believed that it was normal. When a boy I really liked started paying attention to me, I was over the moon. He protected me against the bullies, made made them stop calling me names, treated me better than anyone else had until he had me convinced that I was ready to have sex with him, which of course I was not. But, I already, because I already had some experience with pleasing a man, I seemed to know exactly what to do. I remember hating every minute of it. Afterwards, in fact, the next day, I approached him as usual, but this time was different. He was with his friends, and they were all laughing. He came up to me and thanked me for making him $100 richer. The entire previous month of him being nice to me was simply a bet he had with his friends to see if he could go all the way with the ugliest girl in school. Next slide, please. Again, what kept me going? Again, music, or so I thought at the time. I was in the band in high school. I played bass clarinet and was in the choir. I never really sang loud and learned how to sing properly. So I was always off key, and believe me, I was told so. But by this point, The put-downs were a normal part of my life. In fact, I had come to expect them. If anyone said anything remotely nicely to me, I felt like I had to do something twice as nice to make up for those things that I felt were somehow forced on me. I'm again going to leave that teenage girl for now. Somehow through everything, by this point, I'm pretty sure that I simply accepted that I was a nobody and was completely convinced that I was an ugly person, at least on the outside. i had started working when I was 16 years old. Worked at a variety of different places and eventually ended up working for Interior Health. Personally, I had met, first red flag, in a bar, (laughs) a handsome man who paid attention to me, well, more attention than the others did. I fell, quickly fell in love. Or so I thought at the time. Looking back, I really had no idea what love was really supposed to be. And I was in love with the idea of being in love. (laughs) Um, This was the first man who seemed to genuinely want to be around me. He was nice to me, paid me compliments. They were limited, but they were there. I remember my wedding day, which is supposed to be like a, you're supposed to feel like a princess on your wedding day. Um, and I did, until I walk, started walking down the aisle, and there at the front of the aisle, my husband-to-be was standing there, and at the very front was my sister-in-law, new sister-in-law. You have to let me back up a minute. His, my, my sister-in-law and my, ex, my mother-in-law had told me many times that I was not good enough for their Sean, right? Um, anyway, that day, there stood his sister, in a beautiful, long, white dress. It was not a wedding dress. It was a country and Western dress, but it was still long and white and gorgeous. It really was. So my memories of that day was of her in that dress. (laughs) That should have given me a good idea (laughs) at that point. During that time, I received two amazing blessings. Can I get another next slide, please? from God, my two sons. My oldest, Dylan, was my husband's son. My youngest, Devin, was another man's son. Yes, I cheated on my husband. He had been cheating on me for quite a while. I know know, two wrongs don't make a right, but during that time, it felt like payback for the mental abuse and loneliness I felt during that time. I told you that I made some wrong choices and this is one of them. Now, let me clarify not my boys, they are not a wrong choice. It was just the fact that they had two separate fathers. Anyway, once my my husband figured out that the second boy was not his, again, bad choices on my part, I lied to everyone about who was the father. That ended the marriage. And of course, it was all my fault. Even I believed this. I believed that I was never good enough wife or person to have anyone love me enough to stick it out or work out things with them. So I gave up. Well, let's be honest here. I had given up on myself a long time ago, but what I meant is that I had given up on my marriage. By this point, I had been working full time at a law firm as a legal assistant. There I was, newly single with two small children and a single income. My husband had hidden all of his assets under his mum or his sister's name So it looked on paper like he had no money and could only pay the bare minimum for one child and nothing else. Again, on paper, it looked like I was making more money than he was. So according to the courts, I did not need anything more from him. I ended up not only paying my legal bills, but all the joint bills that came out of the marriage, plus daycare fees for two children, rent and utilities. This did not leave much for groceries, and looking back, I really am shocked at how we managed to survive. At this point in my life, I did not matter in the least. Not that I ever did in my own mind, at least. My boys and my job came first. My needs were not important at all. I had my ex fighting against me every step of the way, as he made it perfectly clear he wanted nothing to do with Devon, my youngest and even went so far as to try and convince Dylan that his little brother, Devin, wasn't his real brother and did not count as much as he did. It was an ongoing battle because I was determined that these boys were to be treated as equals, that they were each special in their own way. I faced many challenges as do any parents raising kids, including the fact that my boys were as different as night and day. My oldest, Dylan was calmer, more observant, and thought about things before he did them. My youngest, Devon, was the total opposite. Devon was super active, a daredevil, and was the type of child that acted first and thought about it later. I'm sure we all know at least one child like that. (laughs) Which, of course, got him into all sorts of trouble at school with other kids, including his brother. I always joked that I needed a referee whistle, but playing referee between f- feuding siblings was a challenge that all parents face. My boys did know a few key songs really well, and to this day, I'm sure that both of them would recognize them as I used to sing to them to calm them down. Now, well, let's be honest, I think it was for me <laughs> to calm me down. <laughs> Next slide, please. There's my boys when they were little and when they're older. I spent most of my adult life with very little to no self-worth, believing that I had been put on this earth to be a toy that was tossed around from one person to another, always with the the to-the-core belief that everything I had gone through was some form of punishment for some horrendous sin that I had committed at some point or another, and I deserved everything all the bad things. That I deserved to be treated like a nobody because after all, I had been told my entire life that I didn't matter. Why should I believe anything different? Approximately 15 years ago, I had to make a drastic change in my life. I had to get my boys out of the big city. We were in Calgary at the time. My oldest son, who never caused any trouble always got along with everyone and was generally even tempered came home from school one day shortly after starting junior high and in calgary junior high is grade 7 in tears and black and blue he had been jumped by a group of older kids there were about 12 or 13 in total that grabbed him as he walked out of the school surrounded him and proceeded to kick and beat him I'm really not sure how my son managed to get out of there looking back it was only by God's grace and assistance that helped my son that day but somehow he did and the hurt anger and confusion I saw on Dylan's face that day is something I will never forget I took him to the hospital to get him checked out and thank God he did not have anything more than a couple of broken ribs and a ton of bruising physically however the physical or the mental aspects of that beating would last a long time. Of course, I went to the school and proceeded to have the kids charged with assault once we figured out who they were. Dylan, of course, couldn't identify any of them. He was on the ground with his hands above his head and all he could identify was shoes. It was tough to get anyone to come forward to say who did it. There was one kid that did, although he said he wouldn't testify against them. I was pushing to do the right thing trying to get justice for my son as it turns out this particular group of kids were affiliated with the neighborhood gangs. they all had money and power so that nobody dared say anything against them I did find out however that Dylan was simply targeted because he was the biggest grade 7 kid they could find and the grade 9 kids wanted to make an example out of my son saying that they were in charge Two years of attempting to stand up to this group in and out of court none of them even got a smack on the wrist because we couldn't prove who was actually doing the beating being threatened physically and having threats put in our mailbox at home and when Devon was attacked after school just for being Dylan's brother I would had enough now both of my kids had been beaten for no reason I was getting absolutely nowhere with the local authorities and the school and it felt like my boys were going down a very dark path because they both felt that the only way to survive was to be defensive, to fight, to carry weapons. I was trying to teach them that this simply was not the answer. I was fighting not only a society that had no values or morals as well as my ex-husband, who, of course, said it was all my fault, because I was a bad parent, um, that caused this to happen to his son. But I was also fighting my boys. I had to get them out of there. So we moved to Trail. Um, I spent you know, the first six months in my mom's basement until I could find a job. But let me tell you, it was the best thing that I ever did for those boys, because I can happily say that both of my boys have graduated from high school with honours, actually, and they are both living on their own and uh, very well-adjusted young men. Quite proud of them, yeah. It was, however, quite the challenge financially for me. I took a loss in the house in Calgary as the markets had plummeted right before, right when we moved. The legal skills that I had accumulated in Alberta did not transfer well to the small-town law firm and I still didn't have any confidence in myself to fight for things when I got the wrong end of the stick. I ended up working in a variety of different jobs, including McDonald's, just to keep food on the table until I finally ended up at um, Public Health, which is where I'm at now, um, in a very job that I, I feel that God has led me to and that I'm supposed to be at, so very pleased where I ended up. By this point, I was regular at the food bank, just to keep food on the table. There were times when my boys and I ate by candlelight until the next payday that I could make arrangements with the electric company to turn the lights back on. Thankfully, that happened mostly in the spring and summer, so we were not too cold. I was alone, empty, and feeling like the lowest of the low. Pride was not anything that I had left of to swallow. Go to the next screen, please. It was about this time that I was drawn back to the Trail Alliance Church, a church that I had vague memories of going to Sunday school when I was little. I sat outside that church every Sunday for a month. I'm pretty sure I must've looked like a stalker or something sitting in my van every Sunday. because so I didn't go in, I, sat, I just drove to the church parking lot and sat there in my van every Sunday for a month before I finally got the guts to go in. <laughs> then I sat in the foyer, where I listened to the music and the sermon, and I cried like a baby. I will never forget the lady who came over to me. She never said a word. I had never met her before that day. She simply took me in her arms and allowed me to cry. I didn't actually find out her name until the next week. Yes, I went back. (laughs) I started volunteering, and uh, I volunteered that summer during the kids' program that they ran that year. I learned so much from those kids that summer it's amazing what children can teach you isn't it at the end of that session the pastor invited the children to come join them in the foyer to say a simple prayer to ask Jesus into their lives I was asked to join them simply for crowd control because we had quite a big group of kids that year but as it turns out on that day That was the day I came to Jesus as a child and found myself repeating the same prayer that the kids were saying with the pastor. I was baptized later that fall. Next slide, please. From that summer at Trail Lions Church until June 2016, I had been doing some learning in a variety of situations and now know that God was preparing my heart and soul for the Holy Spirit. So fast forward to June 2016, when I was drawn to Kootenai Christian Fellowship, which I now refer to as my teaching season. I quickly started to volunteer and became involved with the worship team and anything else I could. Now you all need to understand that I have always had Christian values, and I recognize that now looking back, and had been told that there was something better for me. I just did not believe that I was worthy of any type of happiness after one particular sunday something happened to cause my heart to open up just enough for the holy spirit to pour into me i went home that afternoon and went through the entire spectrum of emotions relived every good and bad thing that ever happened it was like god was showing me a picture of my life how he had been with me every step of the way and how he wants me to know his peace joy and amazing love ever since that sunday i have been a virtual sponge soaking up all that he has to offer learning lessons being challenged being convicted but through it all he has put people in my life that have shown me more unconditional love acceptance and wisdom than i have ever known and my journey has just begun Next slide please now let's go back over the various aspects of my journey starting with that little girl from so long ago. I may not have had a physical father down here that taught me how to love and that I was special, but God did put people in my life that helped that little girl, teenager, and young woman, even if, at the time, she was unaware of it. Remember I had told you I had some vague memories of going to Trail Alliance Church? Well, I do remember one man. He was my mum's friend's husband, and it turns out this family went to the Trail Alliance Church back then. He sang and played guitar all the time we were up at his place in Rosland. The songs were Christian songs, and I remember feeling safe just lis- sitting there listening to that man sing praises to God. Here was a grown man brought to tears by the words he was singing. This touched me to the depths of my being and cemented in me the love for worship that now, all those years later, I can truly understand why he was moved to tears from the words and the music. He was loving and kind to his three children and always had time for just another song. I never knew that dads could be so loving, not only towards his own children, but also other children. God had given me the type of childhood that I had so I could appreciate later in life what a father should be, how that love should be unconditional and not earned. I had been introduced to Jesus' teachings and given a glimpse of what the Holy Spirit can accomplish if allowed in. Next slide, please. Let me now revisit that teenage girl. You remember the one that was called ugly and basically believed she was worthless? The only times I remember about my teenage years that were not negative were surrounded with the times I spent with my grandfather. My grandfather on my mom's side was perceptive, smart, funny, creative, and as far as I was concerned, walked on water. I know a bit of a rose-colored glasses view of someone, but he always knew exactly what to say to make me feel better. He paid for piano lessons for me and always encouraged me to keep on singing and not to care what anyone else thought, to keep the songs in my heart. He always made me smile no matter what the situation was. I remember coming home from school one day knowing that my grandmother, grandfather had come for a visit. I ran in the house and down to my room where I was greeted with a no smoking sign on my door. had started smoking (laughs) I was mortified knowing that he knew (laughs) he showed up behind me never lectured me gently took the sign down and handed it to me then he took me in his arms and told me that he would love me no matter how many bad choices I made and that he would not tell my mom which of course that it was up to me to tell which of course I did because the guilt got the better of me on that one My grandfather passed away rather suddenly the year before I graduated and I was devastated. I felt like I had lost the one person that totally understood me and that I could always run to for comfort or advice. It was that year, the year that he passed away and during that super difficult time that I discovered my connection to my grandmother. Same side of the family was stronger than I had realized that I had gone to her just as much as I had gone to my grandfather. The only difference was that she was the quieter one, the observer, sitting in the background, never judging, just listening and taking it all in. When God closes a door, he always opens another one and shows you that if you trust him and go through the open door, he will always provide for you. Next slide, that's my grandma. <laughs> I want to go back to the young adult, the lady that buried herself in her kids and her work. After high school and marrying early, I was in a marriage that I thought was normal. I was pregnant with Dylan, and I met my very best friend, Chantal. We connected right away. I always felt like the ugly duckling when I was with her. She was beautiful, smart, and had such a confidence about her that was entrancing I very much wanted to be like her at the time I felt totally unworthy of having a woman like her as my friend after all why would this amazing soft-spoken genuine woman want to be friends with the likes of me I soon learned that she too was very lonely and confided in very few people as we got to know and trust one another i learned that friendship true friendship was based on a mountain of hard work tons of communication trust honesty and above all genuine love and concern for the other person this is something i never had and so did not know how to function adequately in her presence especially in the beginning after a while the bond grew stronger and as we got to the point that and we got to the point where we told everyone told each other everything and became closer than sisters we had a mutual love for singing and were found at often found at a karaoke bar or even just in her basement belting out our favorite songs together i always knew she had a much better voice than me but her humbleness and grace gave me the courage to stand up there beside my beautiful and talented friend and sing the songs with her god put Chantal in my life to show me that I am worthy of a real friendship and capable of giving back as much as I receive from a healthy relationship. I honestly do not know how I would have got through all those years of raising my boys by myself without Chantel's love, support, and encouragement. Next slide, please. I had so many chains that bound me up for so many years. Some of them I put on myself. Some were placed there by others, but I allowed all of them to keep me a prisoner from God's purpose for my life. But more than that, from knowing Jesus on an intimate level, the way we should know him. That little girl who saw and experienced things that no little girl should have to became the insecure teenager who allowed everyone around her to treat her like she was nothing, That insecure teenager grew into a withdrawn, closed-off young lady who made some bad choices and was totally convinced that she simply was not worthy of anyone's love. What broke the chains? Well, honestly, I can pinpoint it to that one Sunday. To everyone else, it was just a normal Sunday. I honestly cannot tell you exactly what was said to me that day that opened up my heart just enough for the Holy Spirit to fill me up. But I can tell you that it was centered around the worship team that was so very close to my heart. After that day, everything changed for me. Well, not overnight, of course, but the learning, healing, repenting, and understanding of what God's Word really means and my new relationship with our Heavenly Father began. One by one, the chains began to fall to the ground. He dealt with every chain link that had bound me out for so many years one at a time I was receptive to everything the Lord wanted me to understand he put people and situations in my pathway to show me different ways of dealing with the same issues that I had been dealing with or attempting to deal with on my own somehow God knew that this was the right time for me to start this amazing process He already knew the people that he would place in my life in various situations to help me with gentleness, grace, and above all, love. I have been able to actually forgive my dad for what he did to me as a child and use the word father with such love and actually understand what it means to have a loving father who never left me alone, no matter what I may have thought of at the time. He has always been there for me, holding me up, keeping me strong, guiding me towards the path he wants for me. I have learned that submitting to Jesus is not meant to be a bad thing, that surrendering to his will is the only way to know pure joy, experience unbelievable love, and know how to give it to others. In conclusion, I want to encourage Every one of you that has struggled in anything, either in the past, present, or even in the future, God is with you. He has an amazing plan for each one of us. He wants us to live in peace and joy. And when the times come that are sad, frustrating, or seem hopeless, he wants us to reach out his hand and ask for help. He will hear us and guide us in the direction that he wants us to go. We simply have to submit to his plan and abandon ours if it's not in line with what his word says. So take his words and let them sink deep into your hearts and souls. There is huge freedom in submission to the one who made you. Once I understood that concept and the idea that I am a child of God, and I was willing to let go of the past sins, forgive myself and those who had hurt me, I always and always seek the guidance of Jesus, I realized that my chains were gone, and I am